Let's open our Bibles up to Hebrews 1. And uh, Brother Moore's been talking about the goodness of God on Friday night, and uh, and it's one of my favorite subjects, and I'm sure it's one of y'all's favorite subjects, because he is such a good God. And uh, and he's been misrepresented so so much in in the world today. Um, you know, I was thinking today, you know, there are many people, in fact, as I know several people who are not serving God today because the information they got about God was from somebody that didn't know Him. Amen? They didn't know You know, you can get information from the TV. You can get information from the radio. You know, you got songs out there. We've talked about them. You know, I remember a long time ago we heard that song, Where, oh, where can my baby be? The Lord took her away from me. You know, and, and, and then people gain their belief that way. You know, they really do. You know, you think not, but they do. The next thing you know, that's something that's been ingrained in them. And that's what they believe of God. That, that's, what, that's, how, that's where they're, um, the next time something like that happens, that's their thought. And that, and that becomes their thought pattern. And, and it's become a traditional. And then you've got people in the church after they hear that, then they get saved later, and you get some, some well-meaning person that backs it up, what they, what they just believed with a scripture out of context. Or with no scripture, just an experience. Or a lack thereof, if you will. A lack of experience. Amen? And, and to study God and to study His goodness, you, you've got to look at what was His goodness. What was God's plan? What would God have been like if He were on the earth? And we know that, right? Because He'd have been just like Jesus because that's what Jesus was. And in Hebrews 1, three, verse 3, that's, that backs that very statement up. Because it says... In verse 3 of Hebrews 1, it says, "...who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had made, when he had by Himself purged our sins, sat down at the, right hand, at the right hand of the majesty on high." Jesus was on this earth the express image of God. What Jesus did, every, every place He went, was what God would do. Now, did, did you, did you and, and if you read the four Gospels, you're not going to find a place in there where Jesus walked up to somebody and said, oh, God's got you sick that way to teach you something. You know, well, God, God messed your family up so that later on down the road, you'd know this. Nope. Isn't, you guys see anywhere where Jesus said that kind of stuff? Or, you know, God, God heals sometimes, but, you know, you're, you're just not the one today. You're not the one. In, or, or he went somewhere and they said, well, and he healed most of them. No, the, the only place where he only healed some was the place where they didn't believe, right? You know, he, he's a good God. And in Acts, in Acts 10.38, you guys can turn there if you want, but it talks about who he was on the earth. And it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and power, who went about, and this is what he did, he did good, and he healed all those that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What Jesus did when he was on this earth was expressly pour out the goodness of God every place he went. He, he showed, he was a witness that God was good. It even messed with the Pharisees somewhat because the people who believed the law, you know, he kept saying, he kept saying, God, God wants you to love your neighbor. God wants you to do this. And, and, and God doesn't, he wants people well, even if it is sun, or the Sabbath. I was going to say Sunday, but the Sabbath, you know, God wants you well. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Good works don't have a date that you can do them. They're, they're, because they're good and they don't require effort. They're good. 
You see what I'm saying? So it's, it's not like you got to work when you're getting somebody healed. That's a good thing. Amen? Yes. So, so that's not, you know, that you're not, you're resting from works, if you will, because you're doing good stuff. Amen? Anybody, anybody when they go fishing, they get back and they go, man, I'm just worn out. I've been working at that fishing all day or I've been working at that. Well, serving God's like that. When you're serving God, that's not work and it's not hard. You're out there and you're being the goodness of God to every place that you're sent. When you're sent there, you're being the goodness of God. And you want to show people that goodness. Amen? And and one of the things, um, in, in fact, is while we're talking, look over at 1 Peter 2. And we were looking at this the other day and God kind of brought it out to my attention um, that the goodness of God is our foundation. It is the foundation um, in fact, is oh, we'll read this because it'll make more sense what I'm getting ready to say. But um, Jesus came and laid a foundation of God's goodness everywhere he went. Like I say, it messed with the Pharisees. The Pharisees, every time he said God wants this and it looked good, the Pharisees said, "No, that that's that's not the God we serve. The God we serve says you got to do this, 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 and this, and He's the God of judgment and the God of wrath." And they were looking for that God that that they didn't know. Because remember, in uh, Psalms 103, verse 7, it said, Moses knew his ways, and we've talked about this a lot in prayer and healing school, I know. Moses knew his ways, the children of Israel knew his deeds. They knew what he did, but they didn't know why he did it. Moses had in his heart why God did what he did. He he saw God's plan, and he knew what God was doing, and and it gave gave him a, a love and, a, and a, a value that you don't get if you just look at God's deeds. You know, I was even thinking about the Red Sea. When they split the Red, when when the, when the, when God split the Red Sea, that was a miracle, right? And and they walked through, and 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 then on the other side they started whining because they didn't have anything to eat or drink. First, I guess it was. But the other thing was, when the Egyptians came through, the walls closed back down, right? The goodness of God was the sea opening, right? The sea closed because the people that he wanted through went through. Amen? Once the people he had opened it up, his covenant people had been through, the people behind him had no covenant, right? So, you know, it wasn't like, I'm going to kill these people, although they, they made a choice to go through there or were chose by somebody else to go through there. And they made a choice to go through. And once the covenant people were through, the, the sea came back down. It was a natural thing for the sea to come back down because God was holding it open in the first place. Amen? Amen. And so, it, you know, and, uh, just an example. I'll, g- <laughs> I'll give you a physical ex- example. I was going to a place one day and I was following somebody and it had one of those little white gates that come down and go back up. And the person in front of me pressed the thing, went through. Well, I thought, well, I'm going to go through right with them. Amen. You don't do that. I got right in there. That white thing came right down on my hood. I wasn't supposed to go through. I didn't have a pass. Amen. You know, I didn't. And so, you, you see what I'm, I, sh- I made a choice to do something that I shouldn't have made a choice to do. You know, maybe out of ignorance, yes, but, but it wasn't open. Just a little physical. Anyway. But but God but the thing is is if we see God's goodness and and if you look at not just His deeds 
but his ways. He loved those people and he had a covenant with those people and he'd promised to do something. If it took opening the Red Sea and getting them across, that was his goodness. And he got them across there on dry land. It wasn't even muddy. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't have to wear galoshes or nothing. It was dry land, you know. And so it, it was, it, he, he was laying a foundation, showing him his goodness. If you watch that whole trip through the desert, he was laying a foundation of his goodness. I'm going to give you water. I'm going to give you food. I'm going to take care of you. I'm gonna, and and, he, and he, what he was doing was he was showing them who he was. And Moses was seeing his way. They were only seeing his deeds. You know, and you can seek God for His deeds, but you won't serve Him. Right? You understand that? You can seek Him for His deeds, but you won't serve Him if you're seeking Him only for His deeds. If you know His ways, you'll serve Him. Because you'll figure out that He loves you and His goodness, and, and you want His goodness in your life so much, and you want to commune with Him on that level. Because it's His goodness that leads men to repentance, which is way ahead of schedule. So back to First Peter. It, the goodness is, is the foundation. The goodness is the foundation. And, and we're, we're talking about growing up on Sundays, and that's why we were in 1 Peter 2. In 1 Peter 2 it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, let me read you that out of the Amplified, okay? In verse 2, it says, Like newborn babies you should crave, thirst for, earnestly desire the pure, unadulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow into completed salvation. Since you have already tasted the goodness and kindness of the Lord, and then it goes on. But what he's saying is, People that are babes, people that are born again, people that are growing, they've already tasted this goodness because it was the foundation. It was what they started with. It was the milk that we started with. You know, here in Faith Life Church, we're moving and we're growing. God's growing us up fast. And there's things that he's giving us the honor to taste that are above the the milk. Um, You know, I think about my daughter when she was young. You know, we could give her formula. And formula is what she wanted. Did anybody ever tasted formula? Okay, now, see, I'm weird. I taste the stuff that I'm getting ready to feed somebody. And, see, I do that with dog bones. And I know you guys really think that's weird. But, you know, one time, me and my sister both do. We t- you know, I was getting ready. To, my dog was eating, and I'm like, oh, what's it taste like? Maybe it's not good. Tasted the dog bone. They're not good, by the way. <laughs> but the dog likes it. The dog likes it. But formula tastes terrible. It smells terrible. But you know what? She ate it, and that's the only thing she would eat. And it had everything in it to grow her body up. And and mother's milk is that same way, to grow her body up to the level where she can take the other stuff. I don't, I didn't, when she, when we brought her home from the hospital that first day, I didn't throw out a pork chop and say, hey, gnaw on that, babe. (laughs) You know? You know, and sometimes we're doing that, though, spiritually, guys. We're, we're, these people are getting born again, and we're bringing them down and say, okay, you're born again, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, why don't you go out and teach now? Tomorrow I want you to teach. You know, you, we don't say, let's go help on the cleaning team. We don't, you know, we do, but you know, that's what I'm saying. Or, or else we try to give them some great spiritual knowledge that they couldn't, it'd have been like when we brought Ramsey home from the dock, saying, hey, walk. 
Come on, walk. Why, why are you laying in that crib? You're three days old. Walk. And sometimes we're doing that, and we're not showing them just the goodness of God at that point in time. It's time to bring them into the Word and show them Jesus. You know, say, hey, why don't you read the book of John and look how much He loved. Look at the love of God and start pouring that into you first and start laying that foundation of the goodness of God because that foundation of His goodness and kindness is... Now, think about this. Most people who get saved are now adults, so they already have their own thoughts. They already have the way they think things work. That Most people already believe they know how God works because they've been taught by the world and tradition and everything. So they have an idea. The goodness of God leads men to repentance. In other words, it is God's goodness, that foundation of His goodness and His love, that will take a person and, and, and give them the ability to change how they think. In other words, it's the only thing that can take them and say, wait a second... God's not what I thought He was. He's not the, He don't take people away. He don't want you poor and beat down. He wants you rich and blessed. He, he wants you to live 120 years and then go home when you want. That's, that's that God. That's right. He's not the one that wants your family tore apart so He can teach you something later. That's just what somebody told me because that's what they thought. Amen? And we start seeing that and we start laying that foundation in our, and we've got that foundation in our own lives. First, you have to have that foundation in your own life. You can't teach if, you're, if that foundation isn't there first. And I can tell you this from experience. And God, you know, just, just sitting under this teaching, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, there's some weeks I just think, I, God, forgive me, I just didn't read the Bible, I guess, because I don't know anything. You know, because, because God's putting out so much through Brother Moore that, that's new and rich and, and I'm able to get, take it in now because the foundation of His goodness was laid. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of the foundation of God's goodness was laid by Brother Moore in my life and probably many of you. Remember the first series that was ever taught in this church? Truth or Tradition, wasn't it? Right. And immediately he started laying that foundation. It, it's got, you know, where's the Scripture? You know, why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? And, all, and, all, and he started wiping away that bad foundation. He started putting in that goodness of God. Wait a second. This is what God wants. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because that's what we're looking for. That's the foundation that we can build on. And that's why we're able to receive some of these things. That's why now somebody can toss us a pork chop of the Word. Is that a good, good analogy? I don't like pork chops. So I should, a T-bone of the Word. And we can eat it. Right? But it's, it's, uh, but it, it's why... It's, it's why so many people, though, are choking on some of this stuff because they've not ever had that. And, you know, we taught, and I thank God for the years that he gave us, just teaching Bible studies, you know, with 10 and 30 and 50 and 6 people in them. You didn't know how many people were coming, but they were coming. And, you know, some of them came there to argue. Okay, they literally, I mean, Rick can testify with me. They came there literally to argue with you. Some of them and most of them came because they just knew God was good and they wanted to know how to believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we got into some word and God took us some places. I remember coming home from Bible study some nights and saying some stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know anything I said tonight. I'm glad God taught me while I was talking. You know, that's what happened in healing school too. You know, you start talking and all of a sudden God starts pouring it out through you and you didn't even know it before you started. Amen. And you're being taught and, and teaching all at the same time. 
But the people that came, the, and, 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 and I'm seeing it more and more, I'm seeing it in this church and many other churches, they desire to see the real God and to know His ways. They desire to come unto Him and see that He wants you well. And they're not looking for a reason to believe that they can be sick. They're, they're refusing that experience anymore. That traditional thinking that said, guess what? you got to be sick. Guess what? Some people just get, it just happens and there's just nothing you can do about it. And, and see, when you say stuff like that, you just reject the goodness of God. You just completely reject it because it has no place. It has, it's not in your foundation. It's not in your foundational makeup. What's literally in your foundational makeup is not even the word at that point. It is experience and tra- religious tradition that you've built your whole walk of faith on now. You've built your whole walk of faith on that, and the goodness of God's not there. You didn't grow up and, nur- and weren't nurtured in the goodness of God, in the kindness of God. That's, I mean... And you just got to think of it from a baby standpoint. When you get a baby, I remember bringing that baby, bringing Ramsey home that first night. First night, she started crying. We had no idea what to do. We're sitting there thinking, "What in the world? Who who said we could be parents?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, we don't know why she's crying. Can you tell us why she's crying? We have no idea. But you know, I was sitting there. I don't know, three or four nights later, and she wasn't crying. I was sitting there on the couch. And I look down at her, and I'm taking care of her. You know, I'm feeding her. I'm, I'm loving on her. You know, I'm just holding her. And I, and I look down at her, and I said, do you realize there's nothing I would not do for you? And the Spirit of God inside me, and not, not an audible voice, but the Spirit of God inside me said, do you realize there's nothing I haven't done for you? And, and you think about and he thinks of us just that way. And he wants to nurture us in his goodness and grow us up in that very same way and put that foundation of his love. Because His love and His goodness cannot be separated. They're, they are one. And, and when we have that foundation, and it's the same thing in a family, when a child has that foundation, it's much easier to grow them up. It's much easier to train them in the ways they should go. Now, you put them on a foundation other than that, it's very difficult to train them in the way they should go. Why? Because they're wobbling on the foundation they got. Right? And so spiritually speaking, as we witness, as we go out and live our lives as Christians in the world, we're looking, man, I've gotten so far away from my notes, we are looking to be the people that help firm up that foundation of God's goodness. When, and, and, that's, and that's not by correcting them every time they say something wrong. I remember when people used to start doing that to me, and it did not make me want to serve God, right. nor did it show me His goodness. We don't correct them every time they don't say something the right way. What we do is we love on them. You know, my mom was really good at this because there was often times when I was rebelling and I would walk in and instead of pushing the gospel on me, she would sugarcoat it into me. I don't know how to put it. Anybody ever wrapped a, an aspirin in something that you could take that tastes good to get somebody to swallow it? Mom used to do that, and she, she was so good at that. You know, she'd call, she'd, she'd call you in there, and she'd just start talking to you, and, and she'd never be yelling at you or judging you. And then the next thing you know, she slips a scripture in there that's completely pertinent to the situation you're in. And you walk out of there, and you're like, God, how does she do that? Yeah, how does she do that? And, and, but she, she had the love of God in her towards me, and she was going to 
not push me away. She was going to build, she was going to continue to build on that same foundation she had started. She didn't give up. She knew what she'd built the foundation on. She knew every bit of it. And, and, and I had drank and tasted his goodness and I had known and I had, you know, in fact is, I remember, oh, gosh, let me, let me think how long ago. It's been years and years ago now. But one of the biggest changes in my life came in a vacation Bible school. And, and you know, guys, that's why I'm so blessed by what's getting, what gets taught in our children's classes today. But in this vacation Bible school, and I'll be honest with you, it was at a denominational church. But this lady made an impact on my life. I don't know her to this day. She was a teacher. I was probably in the second or third grade. And I walked into that. And, and the only thing I remember her saying is she asked the question, she said, she said, if, uh, if you see a child and they're born with a defect, a defect, did God make them defective? And of course, I'm, I'm waiting for the answer because, you know, all we'd ever heard was, yeah, you know, God made everything. If it's a defective, God made it. That's all we'd ever heard. And I didn't believe it necessarily because I didn't really know what I believed. She said, no. God's a good God, and He doesn't. And, and you know, and I can't. And, and, and I remember her saying that. And beyond that, I remember nothing else. But I remember from that day forward, I never looked at God crossways again. Amen. I never got off of God's side. Didn't matter where I was. Didn't matter if I was rebelling. God was right. No matter what I saw in Bible study, when people used to ask us questions, and and it looked they'd go to the Word and they'd pull out they'd. Man, they'd pull scriptures out that looked like God was vicious. And we'd say, you know what? God's good. If I can't explain that today, I'm going to go learn more. But what I can tell you is that God's good. And, and he would always show us, because we looked at God's word from that viewpoint, there was never a time where we couldn't find the answer. Because we were seeking the truth. Because we were seeking it from the foundation of God is good. And when you seek God from that foundation, you will always find the right answer. Right? So as you're, if you're a child and you've started out with that foundation of His goodness and you've been nurtured up in His kindness, then now it's easier to find His way. It's easier to see His way as you read the Bible because, first of all, you'll refuse to believe myths about God. You'll refuse to believe traditional thought. You'll, and you literally will have to refuse it because it's everywhere and it's easy to get to. Most people would, in fact, as I've even had people say, um, I would rather believe that God did it and I couldn't do anything about it than to believe I could have done something about it. They, they were so pushed into their doctrine, into what they, that, that they did not want to believe the truth of God's Word. And, and because, remember what we've talked about in here before, it takes no effort to fail, right? And so people that would rather believe that literally are saying, I don't really want to put the kind of, you're saying that the Word of God takes effort. Yes, it does. There's many places in the NIV version that it actually uses that effort, that word effort. It says make every effort too. So, yeah, there, there is a time where it takes effort. It takes effort to grow. You know, what, what, if, uh, what if when Ramsey was a baby we would have put her in the crib? And we wouldn't have fed her. And then we never would have taught her to walk. We'd never exercise her. Never, she'd, she'd be dead today, actually, is what she'd be. But she definitely would never have been strong. She nev- never would have grown in to who she is today. And it would have been our fault for, first of all, not nurturing her when she was young. 
But then, then if it, then it would always would have been our fault. But it's safe. She would have grown to a certain level, and we, she would have quit. Say you quit today. If you quit doing anything today, you'll eventually grow weaker and weaker and die. Right? The Word of God. We're not going to get off on that. Let's get back on where we are. The Word of God is good, and it's the foundation from which we do all things. And, and, and like I'm saying, if we'll, teach, if we'll teach ourselves in this. You know, there's times where I go home and I just say, you know what, Kim, I think I want a bowl of oatmeal. It's not very often. <laughs> but you know what? There's times in the Word of God where I look at it and I say, you know what? I'm going back to those first scriptures that God yes. showed me. Yes. I'm going back to those first ones where when I looked at it, I saw that light and I saw His goodness. I saw His ways and I knew Him in a way that day that, I've, that I'd never known Him before. Yes. And I'm going back to that Word today and I'm going to look at it again. And guess what? There was more in it. More in it. But it still meant just as much. Everything I'd learned before because it still had that nourishment that I'd gotten before. Now, thank God Ramsey doesn't want formula anymore, you know. But you think about that. When she wouldn't eat anything else then, you know, because you, if you've, I remember taking ice cream. We, we were eating ice cream. I took some ice cream, put it on my finger, put it in her mouth. You know, you ever seen babies do that? You're thinking, it's ice cream. How could you go? It's ice cream. But, you know, that they're not craving anything except that which causes them to grow the way they're supposed to grow. That's what their body's craving. That's what they are craving. That's what we should crave as we're growing and as we have new, new, new babies come into this place. We want them to crave that goodness. And one of the ways you crave it is by seeing it in other people's lives. And, you know, I, I remember when prosperity became so, I saw people prosper. And I'm like, and they said God was doing it. I'm like, well, yeah, I want that. And we didn't, you know, it... it we didn't see, we believed in prosperity. My mom told me even when we weren't prospering, God wanted you to prosper. But I actually saw it with my eyes at one point. I'm like, wow. It's right, you know, and she told us, I said, mom's right. You know, even, even though we didn't see it in our house, maybe when we were growing up, they're seeing it now, praise God. But we still believed it. And I never got away because she put it in my foundation. She, it, you know, even though my eyes couldn't see it in my house, it was in my foundation. And so when I really did open up the book one day and see it, it was easier for me to get to. Right. See what I'm saying? So, so as we build our own foundation or we allow the Word to build our own foundation, that's the kind of stuff. But also as people come around us, as, new, as the church grows, as new people come in, as new people are born again, we don't want to try and tell them, you've been here three weeks, are you going to prophesy? You know, come on. You know, when, when, when are you going to, you know, I don't know, you know, come up with a thousand things that people shouldn't be doing. But we want people, we want the goodness of God to begin to change them, to lead them to repentance. The goodness of God is what's going to draw them in. You know, the goodness, of, the goodness of God is what should draw people in the first place. Now, and, and I know a lot of people got saved. In fact, as me and Nancy were talking about this just recently. Many people, including myself, got saved out of fear. Anybody in here got saved, get saved out of fear? I did. Some One day a guy came in our church, and I was seven years old, and he said, told a story about a kid that was, was at church, and he was, they were preaching, and he knew he was supposed to go forward, and he didn't, and on the way home he got killed in the car accident. Anybody ever heard that story? Yeah. There's a story out there, and whether it's true or not, I don't know, but it's, it goes around. But, you know, I heard that, and I'm like, no. That ain't me. I'm not going to hell. 
you know, and I went forward and I got saved. And the experience was real. The experience was real. Don't, don't get me wrong. And God, God had mercy on me and grew me up, grew my mom up so that I could be grown up through that. And, uh, but it didn't really create any real change in my life because I was like them. I knew his deeds. Well, his deeds were you either serve him or you die. See, that's what many people see when they see the Red Sea. They see these people served him, these people didn't. One lived, one died. I'm serving him. They didn't understand the love of God that opened that sea. They didn't understand that part. They didn't, they didn't see the goodness. Fact is, they're really more focused on the badness. Well, I ain't going to be like the Egyptians and get caught in the sea. You know, they weren't even focused on the goodness. They just didn't want the badness. Amen? We, we want the goodness. And we want to be drawn by that goodness. And I want my life changed by that goodness. When I change something in my life, I want to know it's because I saw God's goodness in the Word and, and it changed the way I thought about one thing and I twisted around and said, I'm not thinking that way anymore. You know, God doesn't just heal sometimes. He heals all the time. First Peter 2.24 said He already did it. I'm, I'm changing that old way of traditional thinking. I'm not doing that. God's good. Amen? And, and, I, and I twist that. And, and I never get off of God's side that way. Right? Because I'm always focused on His goodness. I'm always listening to the Word concerning His goodness. If I read a book, if I read a book in the Bible, um, and I'll give you an example because it was an example we dealt with many, many times. But, the, you know, the minute you started saying God wants good things for you, He won't hurt you, He's not looking, they'd say, what about Job? Anybody ever heard that? What about Job? What about Job? And I'm like, I'm like, God, I can see exactly what happened in Job. And he said, yeah, but you're looking at it from my side. I'm like, oh, oh, looking at it from God's side, right? And so I was getting on God's side. When you look at the Word from God's side, you'll see God's side. Well, is there any other part of the Word? No. So if we look at it any other way, we're going to see the human side. And the human side says, oh, that poor old Job. You know, it says he was good. Look at him. He was sacrificing for his sons even if he didn't know they were sinning. Didn't realize that was fear. You know, and, you know, they didn't take that into account because they were only looking at Job's side. Because we as people in our humanness, we want to, oh, yeah, you don't deserve that. That's right. Man, you're good. I saw you at church helping with the flowers the other day. You don't deserve that in your life. You know, I saw, I saw you helping that guy out of his car. Well, why would God do that to you? Huh? And in our humanness, that's the kind of thing. We could easily get swayed into that kind of thinking. Because in our flesh, those are the kinds of things we see. Those are the, and that's, that brings up a feeling. And all of a sudden we move on the sight and the feeling rather than on the word. And we get off of God's side. And now all of a sudden we're moved, we're moved by experience. We're moved by human feelings rather than God's true love. You know, I still thank God to this day that my mom didn't pat me on the, on the back and, and sit there and hold me every time I got sick. I thank God she didn't. And my dad didn't do it either. If you got sick in our house, you had the same scriptures to get you well. Every time. And I thank God for that. That was the foundation of God's goodness. Because she, what she was saying, she's saying God wants you well. God doesn't want you sick, son. God didn't put you in here. God don't, didn't give you the flu. God's not even into the flu. What he's into is you being well. 
Now you go in there and get in His Word because it says in His Word that it makes you well. And you go in there and get in His Word and you will have to be well. And I thank God for that foundation. Because through that foundation I grew up and I knew all, the, all my life God wanted me well. Still does that. I still know God wants me well. All the time. He doesn't just want me... He doesn't just want me to be healed. He wants me to live healthy, to be healthy all the time. How'd I get off on that story? Do you remember? You're supposed to help me. Yeah, you get the scripture and the orange juice and you go to your room and you get well. And that's what, that's what happened in my house. But I thank God that I didn't get pampered. That's how I got there. Thank you. I didn't get pampered. You know, so many times when something's going, and, and, I, and I love to listen to Mrs. Moore, and, and you guys got to remember, I'm trained a lot by her in this ministry. And when she, you know, a lot of people, they think well, they're going to tell this great story, and all of a sudden she, she can say, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, this, this. And every time it's like, no. She turns it right back around, and she says, what are you doing? What happened here? What, what, can, when are you going to do this? And you're like, wow. I never saw that coming, and they didn't either. And the next thing they know, they're fixed. Because what she did was she took the goodness of God and she invoked it in their life and said, you need to do this. You need to make this change. You need to do these things. And, and it's great training. And it's not, oh, poor baby. Oh, poor, yeah. Oh, sorry, man. That sorry guy did that to you? And, and you've been the best wife? And... For, forever, and you have been the best husband. I can't even imagine why she would treat you that way. You poor little baby. You don't get that. Guess what? That won't help you. You know what? If you were right, that wouldn't help you. That would make you wrong all of a sudden. Because what you'd do is you'd get into that and you'd think, hey, I kind of like this. It feels very good being pampered. Remember I told, maybe in Hilly School I said this, but I had to watch that when I had my motorcycle accident. I'm sitting in the chair one day, and my wife's bringing me stuff, and serving me because I can't get up and all of a sudden I'm figuring out my flesh likes it I had to stop it I said no no sick people sit in the chair unwell people can't go to the refrigerator I started getting up and you know it hurt it hurt but you know what I don't care I started getting up because I knew God was good and he didn't want me staying there and I had a job to do here. I had stuff. I missed being here and doing. I, I was here. I didn't actually miss only one service. But I wasn't able to do what, what God called me to do here. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that at all. And where are we going with that? Wow. We're out, way out there. But, you know, the thing, and I'm going to go all the way back full circle to serving God out of fear. Because when I got saved, and I, that's what I was thanking God that I didn't get pampered. I didn't get... I didn't, my mom didn't say, well, it's okay to be afraid, and so you serve God, you don't want to go to hell. What she taught me, because being afraid will not lead to change, right? Needing God will not lead to change. It will not lead to repentance. You know, lots of people, they get themselves in a, in, in a tough situation. The next thing you know, they're, they're, they are super spiritual. You know, they're in a tough situation. Guys, I've done it, so I can just say, let's, let's use Dave for an example. You know, and all of a sudden I'm seeking God like I've never sought him before, not for God, but for an answer. I wanted my need met. I wanted fixed. And you know what? Had I got fixed at that point, if it would have been possible, which it wouldn't because I wasn't acting in faith, I wasn't seeking God in faith and I wasn't seeking God at all. I was seeking the gift of God. And so if I'd have got it, I'd have just went right back and been the way I was. 
And it wasn't God withholding it from me. It was me not getting into the place I needed to be to get it. Right? And so he started teaching me, and I got it finally. But you won't need is not, is not the goodness of God. The need is not. It's not seeking the goodness of God. It won't change the way you think. And, but when, you're, when you get saved and you truly understand, I got a friend, in fact, as I think I told this story in healing school as well. I got a fact, he, he was here last week in, in uh, the marriage seminar last week, two weeks ago. And uh, he, I always looked at him, and the fact is I, I really enjoyed watching him because he got saved at, a, at, a, at an older age. He, but when he got saved, he was on fire for God. And I mean, and still is to this day, and has never, uh, never dried up at all. And I looked at why he got saved, and I've heard him talk about getting saved, receiving Christ. And he figured out how much God did for him. He figured out how far God went. And he, what he really figured out is how much God loved him. And he got saved because he knew how much God loved him. And immediately, because of that knowledge of God, and I'm not saying he knew the vastness of God's love, but he got saved. He came to that altar because he had, he had, and he, don't get me wrong, he had spent times arguing with people. And he went to Bible studies and said, well, show me what this means, show me what this means. But the more people would show him, the more it led to the same thing. God loves you. God loves you. He gave his life for you. He gave, he, he shed his blood for you. He wants you to go to heaven. He wants you to be his child. And every, every time, and the next thing you know, he's getting saved because of all that. He didn't come because he needed, he didn't, wasn't going down the drain. It was, the bill collectors weren't taking his house tomorrow. He wasn't afraid of going to hell. He knew God loved him. And then that foundation of God's goodness started. And because of that foundation, I can tell you right now, when I met him, he was going to the same church I was going, and he had some real difficult beliefs. You know, I'll call them difficult beliefs because, you know, he was a bodybuilder, and, and he won't mind me saying this because he had done some things that bodybuilders do that will mess you up. Okay? And he said, well, you know, if God wants to punish me for that, yeah, I guess he will. I'm like, you know, I didn't just grab a hold of him right then and there. I will say I was younger, and I probably said some things I shouldn't have, but I didn't grab a hold of him and say, hey, hey, straighten up here. You, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. You know, you're not, you know, I didn't grab him like that. I let him go. I said, you know, I, may, I bet you God's got a better plan than that. So, and, and, and little by little, I'd go to his house, and we'd always talk the word because he had that foundation. He knew God loved him, and I knew he knew God loved him. So you could feed him anything that had to do with God's goodness. Now, he couldn't. He wouldn't always just accept it. I, I, gave, I used, we used to give Ramsey a bottle, and every now and then, even though she's hungry, she'd spit it out. We never could figure that. Out. She'd cry, and she'd be hungry, and she'd be whining. We'd stick that bi- bottle in her mouth, and she'd spit it out, and we'd be like, "What's up with that? <laughs> you know, you're hungry. Eat. You're hungry. Eat." And, and that, that's the way it was. He didn't always just immediately take it, but he he did also didn't always just toss it to the side. He put it on a shelf, and, to, and today he'll still call me and he'll say, man, God's shown me so much of the stuff that me and you talked about seven, eight years ago in God's goodness. And he said, it's changed in my life, and you won't believe what it's enabled me to do in the lives of others. And he said, and he said I want so much because, you know, it took a while, but he had the right foundation. So he didn't have that foundation that would say, well... Yeah, I know God's good, but look what happened over there. You know, those people had a wreck and that baby died. 
God could have stopped that, and He didn't. And 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 now, and I can't. I just I don't know how to, what to believe. See, because He had that foundation of God's love and God's goodness, He was able to stand through that, even if He didn't understand it. He didn't, and He didn't at that time. And I and there's, there's things me and you may not understand, but we don't jump off God's side, right? We know God's good. And our foundation is in that goodness. And see, he was so rooted and grounded in the love of God, and, and I didn't see it way back then. I, saw, I see it more clearly today than I've ever seen it. He was so rooted and grounded in the love of God, he was easy to teach because he wanted to learn that way. He wanted to see it that way. Um, I was thinking about the lady um, in, what is it, in Luke 7 that was uh, at Simon's, Simon's house, and she was wiping, wiping Jesus' feet with her tears. And she was, you know, she was ministering to him. And, you know, Simon, he didn't like that, really. You know, and, he's like, and, and Jesus said, well, let's, just, let's just read it. Flip over to Luke 7. Luke 7. Verse 40. They're at Simon's house, and she's, she's ministering to Jesus. And uh, Simon, you could tell he wasn't real happy. Actually, they just weren't real happy, would they say? If he only knew who she was, they wouldn't be doing that, would they? And Jesus answered said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. Betty, Betty wished he hadn't said that. Like, no, no, he probably learned. I believe for that. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed five hundred pence, the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which one will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into your house. You didn't give me any water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, has, ceased, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore, I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. To whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. This lady got a vision of God's way, of who Jesus was, of the value of the distance that God, that Jesus went to forgive her. And when she got that vision, she couldn't leave his feet. She wanted to serve him forever. Amen? When we get that vision of how much God loves us, how much we were forgiven, how, how powerful the blood of Jesus is, that's God's goodness. Jesus is God's goodness poured out on this earth unto us and, and, and to every person that would receive. And when we get that vision, then we'll serve Him in gladness all the days of our life, it, with fervor all the days of our life. We will wake up looking for a re- way to serve Him. We will go to bed thinking of ways we can do it better tomorrow because that foundation of goodness and love that Jesus poured out and that forgiveness, that we, we're seeing it all now because in this lady, she saw it. She saw exactly what had happened she, because, you know, she was not a good lady. 
See, that's what my that's what my friend saw. He knew who he was. He knew who he had been. He knew what he'd done. And to him, the distance God had to go to get him proved his love. And he never let go of that. And because of that, he, he was saved into God's goodness. And he grew up on God's goodness. He grew up on God's mercy. And he was never... And he's still not the same. He's, he is, uh, he's on fire for God. He's looking for reasons to serve him. And, and he's a man of God and, and a good friend of mine. We won't, we won't go any further into that. But the thing is, is because of that foundation, he wasn't able to be swayed. Um, the one thing we don't want to be is swayed. And if we get that foundation of God's goodness, as we're being taught more and more about his goodness in these next Friday nights, soak it in. Soak it in. Because the more of it you soak in, flip over to Colossians while we're, while we're talking about this. The more of it you soak in, the, the harder it is for the enemy to trip you up. The harder it is for him to take something and, and put it in your way, and all of a sudden you say, wow, you know, that, you know, that shakes my whole foundation. I, what I believe now, I can't believe anymore because I, I believed God was good and this happened. And guys, I know everybody sitting here today, it's real easy to say, oh, that never happened to me. It's real easy to say that. But when your faith is proved out is when you're in the middle of the battle, not when you're sitting in the church pew. You're training to be in the middle of the battle when you're in the church pew. Amen? But we're not going to be shaken here at Faith Life Church. Why? Because we're in reinforcing our foundation with God, the goodness and God's love, and we're staying on God's side every time. Every time. There's never going to be a day where we wake up and, and say, I don't know, I thought God was good, but maybe sometimes He's bad. Maybe sometimes He does something bad or employs the devil like He did with Job, which He didn't do. Strike that from the record. But that's what people think. They literally think God employed the devil to mess Job up. You know, because... Well, of course, he's a good God. He couldn't do bad, so he had to hire bad to do it so he could teach him, right? No, 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 no and no. And if you want to hear it again, no. Amen? Amen. In Colossians 2, it talks about not being carried away by fine-sounding arguments. Um, I think that's too... And I'm reading it out of the NIV because it's plain to me that way. But it says the same thing in the King James, just in different words. It says in, in verse 4 of, of chapter 2, it says, I tell you this so that, so that no, way, no one may deceive you by a fine-sounding arguments. Yeah, I can tell you this. When, if you're rooted and grounded in the goodness of God, and that's your foundation, that's what you've been nurtured and grown up on, somebody's going to come along someday, and I'm telling you now, they have some good arguments. I mean, we have sat in Bible study after Bible study, and these people will start telling you the story, and you'll, by the end of the, you know, by the end of the story, you're like, wow, they've almost persuaded me. No, no, but but by the end of the story, you're like, well, that is a fine-sounding argument, but you're wrong. Amen. And you don't say it that way because you're loving on them, but but they are wrong. But but the thing is, is you've got to be rooted and grounded in that, so that when something does happen, there's nothing that can shake you. And see, you stay in that goodness. You stay in looking at those psalms when they talk about God's goodness. I remember when, when I was believing, um, I was doing everything I could to stay in faith for some situations. Every night I opened up a psalm. 
every night, every day, every time my mind would be thinking, because the Psalms are just full of God is good. And, and, and what they do is they grow you up in what you're already founded in. And they just start, they stay, build you up. And you, you, that goodness that you're already grounded in, that word starts building me up. And, and it's, a, okay, wait a second. You know, my mind was trying to carry me off. My own mind had this fine-sounding argument as to why I could fail. But you know what, mind? Wrong again. Wrong again. The Word of God has now overtaken what you just wanted to think. Amen? And so we don't want to be able to be carried away by those arguments. We don't even want to give those arguments a second thought. Because what happens is you start meditating on, wow, that, that lady was one of the best people I know. And, and she's got that disease. And, and I know she believes God heals. And she's got that disease. And, and, and you start meditating on that. And what's trying to happen is you're trying to be carried away by a fine-sounding argument. You're trying to be tripped off of God is good. You're trying to be, you're try, it's trying to get you off of God's side. And you've got to say, no, 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 no. Word of God says this. And, you know, one thing that Brother Morse said, and, and I could still hear him say it today, he said, it doesn't matter if I never get healed. That's not why I believe in healing. The Word of God says he heals. That's why I believe it. Amen? And that's why we believe it. We're not, we're not looking for a reason to believe God's Word. We believe God's Word no matter what. No matter what. So you can't be tripped up when you're on that. You can't be tripped up. And so that fine-sounding argument... You just flipped it away. You flipped it away. And then in verse 6 it says, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue in Him, live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in, your, in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with, thanks, with thankfulness. Verse 8, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. That's the NIV. That happens so often. People are on the right track. And, you know, they're, 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 they're believing in faith. They got a word. And you know what? We're going to make it. You know what? God's going to take care of us. He says in His Word, He meets all my needs according to His riches and glory. Those bills are going to get paid. We're getting everything on our vision list. Then all of a sudden... Joe Philosophy comes up. He says, you know, he said, here's what happens really. And this is how God is. And because I can tell you, because I've experienced it. And he starts telling me this long story of how you don't get healed. Everyone can't prosper. You know, because you know what? If you think about it, if everyone prospered, that, that's just not possible. Who, who, would di- who would dig the ditches? Well, they'd be prosperous ditch diggers. That's right. Amen? Amen? Who'd flip the hamburgers? Prosperous hamburger flippers. Amen? And, but they've got this all worked up in their mind. And, they, and then they find six scriptures and pull them out of their context to, for you to believe what they just said. And it's hollow. And it is worthless. And, and, it, and it depends on human tradition. In other words, it depends on experience, someone else's experience, and your five senses. Its whole argument depends on what you see, hear, taste, smell, touch. And, and the experience they had through those five senses. And so when we get away from that, and we, we say, wait a second, there's that foundation again, and guess what? God loves me, 
And he's good. (laughs) And he meets all my needs according to his riches and glory. And he sent his word and healed me and saved me from all my distractions. And hallelujah. The chastisement needful to obtain my peace was upon him. And by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. And guess what? You know, that, that foundation just can't be shaken through your hollow and, decept- and deceptive philosophy. So, I guess what, brother? Take it on somewhere else. Or, better yet, won't you come on onto our side? Figure this one out. God's good. And He's got a good plan for your life. And what He'd like you to do is quit believing what you're peddling and start believing His Word. And that's what we want to believe. And that's what we want to serve. We, and we want to serve it in the measures that it's to be served in. We don't want to throw pork chops to babies. Amen? Yeah. Right? right? We want to nurture them up in the goodness and kindness of, lo- of the Lord. And we don't want them to be de- deceived. Why? Because if you're raised up in the goodness and kindness, in the kindness of the Lord, you won't be deceived. Because your foundation is strong and it's settled forever. Amen? Yeah. Guess who the chief cornerstone of your foundation is? It's Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Your foundation cannot be changed. And so when you've got that foundation of God's goodness and you carry it out and you stay in His Word and every time you open up His Word, you look in His Word and you say, God's good. And you say God's good before you read His Word. You don't, you know, you don't open up to... You know, rarely do I, unless the Spirit of God told me, do I tell a new believer to open up to the book of Leviticus. Now, you know, more often than not, I'll say open up to the book of John. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying more often than not. You're going to be led as to what you do at any time. But why? Because it's a foundation of God's goodness. You can see God's goodness and you can see a man that got a hold of the love of God. John. He got a hold of it. And because he got a hold of it, a lot of things happened in John's life that didn't happen in other days. A lot of good things and a lot of bad things didn't happen to John and I truly believe it's because he had a revelation of God's love. Amen? So what do we want to grow in? Goodness. Kindness. Grow in that love. Every day when you wake up and you look in the mirror, if, if the first thing you say is, man, look at me. Say, no, look at yourself and say, God loves you. I don't care what you look like. Say, God loves you. God loves you, Dave. Got a good plan for you today. Amen? He's taking you places. It's prospering you. You know what? See that vision list on the refrigerator? Some of that's coming to pass today. Talk to yourself. Yeah, you know, if you look crazy, you do, you do anyway. So, I mean, you know, they don't understand. And people don't. And we're not looking for people to understand. And we're also not looking to show off by looking crazy either. So don't, don't take that wrong. But now some people do that crazy just so people think they're crazy. No one at Faith Life Church. Go away from that. But, but we need to, that's what we need to do. You need to affirm what, what you believe off of the foundation that you believe it. And refuse to leave that foundation. And as we refuse to leave that foundation, we'll start building. God will start building on that foundation. And we'll start being able to receive more and more and the greater revelation and the, and the, and the bigger things of God. And as you receive those things, you've still got that same foundation. So nothing is ever going to knock them off. There's not going to be a day where something comes up and pushes and and it falls over. And there's not a tornado big enough. There's not a storm that can blow it over. There's not enough rain to wash it away. No. 
Because His goodness and His love are greater than any other thing in the universe. Amen? And we're going to stay with it, right? And we're staying on God's side. Amen? Yes, we are. Stand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. He's a good God. Amen. Anybody, anybody testify to that? He is good. He is good. He is good. Make this confession with me. Lord, we thank You for Your foundation of goodness and kindness in our life. And we purpose in our heart to never get off Your side To never be swayed. To never be pulled off course. By deceptive philosophy. Or fine sounding arguments. But we will grow up. On that foundation. Of your goodness. And we will live lives. Worthy. Of your blessings. And be witnesses. On this earth. To everyone who will look of your goodness in the lives of your children, Lord, help us to show others your goodness through our lives. Not by pushing it, not by forcing it, but by being who you created us to be. And we'll give you the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You got a song? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.